Hi, I'm Anna Rose Carell, and you're listening to the Wildly Well Podcast. We exist to help women live healthy, whole lives deeply connected to God, themselves, and others. We're going to get real. You're going to get some tools and practical takeaways to care for your body, mind, and soul. And we're all going to get down on our knees and worship and prayer before the Lord. Because that's where we don't just get well, we get wildly well. I'm so glad you're here, friend. Let's go. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Wildly Well podcast. I am so excited to be here with you again today. And today I will be sharing more of my health journey, my story with walking through a lot of unexplainable symptoms, autoimmune diseases, just my journey of navigating a broken body in this world. And I, I'm so excited to be talking with you and I wish that I could just sit down across from you and look into your eyes and tell you this and that we could talk about it. But unfortunately, that's not what we can do right this moment. But my hope of sharing this with you is, one, that you feel less alone, that you don't feel crazy or abnormal for feeling the way that you do. Um, I really want this to encourage you and to just minimize and squash any shame that you might have for wrestling with fatigue or symptoms so much because there are real scientific reasons and diseases and sicknesses that affect our bodies and that is real. So I really hope that that shines through. And two, I really hope that you are encouraged to invite the Lord into your journey with your body. As you walk through your health journey or as you walk through autoimmune diseases or symptoms that you wish would add up to a diagnosis or, you know, just hard days physically, um, I pray that this just spurs you on to invite him into that and that you feel seen, loved, and are just encouraged to to keep going and to invite him into this and really just to love him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength because that's that's really what it's all about. And so I will walk through really the the main plot points and moments and symptoms and just yeah, experiences that I think help tell this story. And as you'll hear, it's ongoing. There's not a final resolution or a final a moment where absolutely everything changed. I mean, I wish there was, but that's just life. It's not always like that. And yeah, I'll fill you in on where I'm at now at the end of the story. So without further ado, we are just going to dive into the beginning of my health journey, which really began when I was a sophomore in high school. And I was a football cheerleader. I was cheering on a Friday night. And I will never forget, I had been sick that week. And earlier in the week and had kind of rallied and made it through the week, made it to game day and was like, okay, yes, I'm going to cheer this week. Um, It was homecoming week. It was just a big game and I wanted to be there on the field cheering. And all of a sudden, something came over me and it felt like all of a sudden everything changed. Um, I had to sit down immediately. I mean, every ounce of energy, it felt like, just drained out of me. I couldn't, I could hardly stand up. I was just crying. And it turns out that I had mono. 
So I was diagnosed with mono for the first time. I I put an asterisk here, first time. Um, I was diagnosed with mono for the first time then. And I was really, really, really sick. I mean, for weeks, I couldn't do anything. That semester, I missed 30 days of school combined. I Eventually, I started to do half days or just going in for one class, but I went down and I went down really hard. It really took six months for me to get my energy and just my spirit and personality back, I felt like. And that is really the first time I remember really intense fatigue entering my system. And when I say fatigue, as you hear me talk about just my journey and different symptoms, fatigue has been one of the biggest symptoms to me for 10 years now. And I don't mean just a little sleepy or just a little tired, like, you know, maybe tonight if you just get a couple more hours, you'll be replenished. I mean the kind of fatigue that you feel deep in your bones, and I have described it before as when I get really, really, really fatigued, it feels like my eyes are bleeding tiredness. And I know that may not make sense, but it's a sensation I get in my eyes, in my brain, in my body. It just gets really hard to get through the day, to get anything done. And so that point, my sophomore year of high school, was my first encounter with this gnarly fatigue that I talk about. And so from there, I really kind of went through this cycle of once or twice a year, I would come down with what felt like mono again, where I was never as sick as that first diagnosis, that first encounter with mono, but I would get really worn down and maybe for a day or two I'd have a fever, but it would take me weeks to recover and I just felt like I was dragging through the day. And as a high school student and with people telling me, these are your, the years of your youth, you should have so much energy as a kid. And I didn't. And I just knew something wasn't right, but I would go to the doctor and they would tell me either oh, yep, you have mono again, which is ironic because mono means one. The the disease or the virus that you get once, one and done, but in my case, it was really more like four or five. And they'd tell me I either had mono or I just had really bad allergies and I just needed to take allergy meds. And that other than that, I'd, I'd be fine. Maybe I'd get some steroids if I was lucky, but... Um, there was no diagnosis, no further testing. And so that that really happened for the next couple years. I would just get really worn down. Stress would really affect me to the point where I would get sick. And it just would take my body longer to recover. And I knew that going into college. I came down here to Southern Methodist University, Pony Up. And I... My freshman year was never really terribly sick. Um, I I definitely struggled though. I think I knew that there was a difference between my body and the limits of my body and everyone around me. And college is the time of in our society of pulling all-nighters and drinking coffee all through the night and going out and drinking as much as you can and then going through these really intense hangovers and I my body just could not handle any of that like it just had a really hard time and so I always from the beginning of college I just felt kind of like an otherness if that makes sense of everyone around me can do these things and I can't but I can't explain it And so this is when emotionally 
things started to get really hard and I felt just separate from and left out from what felt like everyone else and what everyone else was able to do and my body couldn't get through it. So my sophomore year of college, I got mono again and to get to that diagnosis, it was just a really, really tricky and hard season and I had a lot of digestive issues at this time and at one point I was actually so constipated for I mean weeks and weeks and weeks like well over a month and eventually it got so intense I had such intense stomach pain that I had to go to the ER and I got a CT scan and nothing was wrong with me other than that I was just really backed up really constipated and but nothing worked it felt like I would try to take the Miralax they prescribed me but I mean nothing worked and so at that time I was also just really depressed having a hard time getting out of bed not wanting to do anything and I just didn't feel like myself. It was There was just a sense of sadness and hopelessness, like a blanket over everything. And it kind of begs the question of what came first, the chicken or the egg? Because I, and I still, I think I know the answer now, but looking back then, it's like, was I tired from being depressed or was I depressed because I was so tired right like which where did it start and knowing what I know now which we will get into um that depression was a side effect and and a symptom of something else going on and so the fatigue and this really intense brain fog started to plague my everyday going into my sophomore year of college and I was told that okay yeah you probably have mono again but there was really no clear diagnosis and it was just something that I was like great okay this again um And so, knowing that going into my sophomore year, I had had a really rough summer with the doctors that I was working with. And, you know, they got me to that point of, okay, mono is probably right. But another doctor looked at me and said, well, I'll just prescribe you depression medication and that will make, you know, that will hopefully help alleviate something or bring up your quality of life and it was really hard to hear that because I'm sitting there and I'm like no something is not right with my body and I don't want to slap a band-aid on it and you know another doctor would tell me well if you just eat more vegetables I think that will really help your digestion your gut that you know that's the way to go but also just know that you might get more nauseous and your stomach might get more upset if you eat more vegetables because they're harder to digest and so it was kind of this strange course of action and treatment that I was being handed of like we don't really know some things you do might help but they might not or you might feel worse and that was really my first run-in with feeling like there weren't doctors that could actually help me. And look, you know, I never ever want to throw shade or shame or speak negatively of doctors because I have, or when I say doctors, I mean doctors that practice in the traditional healthcare system in the United States that practice Western medicine. And I have lots of friends and family and family friends who are so gifted and so delightful and just 
are helping people. And so when I talk about finding the right doctor for you or pursuing other kinds of medicine, I just want to let you know it's not because I think these people in Western medicine are less than or um, are bad or evil or anything like that. Not, Not at all. It's really just in my story, I ran into this this fork in the road that I think a lot of us who walk through autoimmune diseases get to of we are seeing a doctor and it's not their fault at all, but they just weren't trained in how to ask the right questions, how to recommend the right course of treatment to really heal the root cause of the issue. And as I experienced that summer, I was being sold different band-aids and different temporary solutions to alleviate symptoms rather than heal the root cause. And so that was hard. And I think, you know, up to up until this point, I really wasn't inviting God into my healing journey. And I was expecting doctors and the healthcare system to heal me. And so it was really painful when they couldn't. And so I'm, you know, walking through mono again for, I I don't even remember if this was the third, fourth, or fifth time it was getting up there. And I remember going back to school and there were times when I would sit in my car behind my dorm building and I would see other kids walking in and out, running in and out, going to do whatever it is they were going to go do and just be in college and be kids and have fun. And I remember sitting there in my car crying and just saying, how can they go stay up all night and I can't even walk up the stairs without feeling like I need a nap or like I am going to faint. And it just furthered this feeling of being misunderstood. And that, after a while, gets really emotionally taxing. And socially, it feels really isolating. And isolation and loneliness are actually proven to be worse for your physical body and physical health than smoking cigarettes. So there, there's definitely a tie in my story between the weight and the gravity of the emotional toll and my physical health. But per usual, it was really like three to four months of intense fatigue, brain fog, just hard to think, hard to be myself and just be light and funny and make jokes. It was just hard. But then the cycle would pass and I'd be fine for a couple months. Um, And, you know, then the next summer I was working at a summer camp and breakfast, lunch, and dinner and snacks. Oh, they they had great snacks. Um, But all the meals, all the food was completely gluten filled. If there was a way for there to be wheat in a meal, there was. And it, it was everywhere. And so I was eating all of this gluten and I got really sick. And I got, it started out slow. It started out just, oh man, I am having a really hard time getting through the day. Getting out of bed in the morning feels like an insurmountable task. And eventually it got to the point where I had a fever and the chills and was really sick. And so I had to leave that camp early. But it's interesting just looking back at different points of my journey And just not knowing what my body needed, not knowing what was going on with my body, because looking back, I know that eating gluten, even at all, but especially all day, every day, made me so sick. 
But I didn't know that at that point. And so it was just another plot point in the story of feeling like I would get back on my feet, get back on track, life would start to pick up, my relationship with God would start to pick up, I would be running on mission, and friendships would be thriving, and then I would stop feeling good, and I would get so disappointed and feel like I couldn't keep up with my friends or keep up with God or keep up with my goals and expectations of myself. And I honestly just felt stuck in a body that wasn't my own with a mind and a soul that wanted so much more. And I kept falling into the trap of when I feel better, then I'll get closer to God. Or when I feel good, then I'll keep maintaining those friendships or start eating healthier or start moving my body or whatever it was. And this really only amplifies that someday mentality that the grass is greener somewhere else or that someday it will be greener. And again, it just was a painful cycle and mostly because I didn't invite Jesus into that. And so going into my senior year of college, this is the thick of COVID-19. This is the summer of 2020 and the spring of 2021 is when I graduated from college. And I had COVID going into my senior year and I was never so sick that I thought I was going to be hospitalized, praise God, because I know that's not everybody's story, but I got really sick and was kind of as sick as you can get without feeling like you need to go to the hospital. It took me well over a month to really feel better, and going into my senior year, I was just not feeling well. I was really wrestling with fatigue again. I had a lot of hair loss, digestive issues going on. And at this point, I also started having really extreme periods. And I would faint in the shower because of intense pain and really intense cramps. There were times that I thought I was going to have to go to the hospital because of the cramps. And the PMS was just unbearable. Like, I truly felt like another human being where, you know, to an extent, that's that's to be expected. But this was a whole other level of my life felt split in two, <laughs> two different parts of my cycle. And it was kind of, it felt like two different Anna Roses. And so I'm walking through all these different symptoms and different feelings and the emotional weight that comes with it. And I started at this point to learn how to describe what I was feeling and to describe the symptoms. And so at one point, I described my brain fog to a couple friends like this. I said, it feels like I am a tiger in a glass box and when people try to talk to me, their words bounce off of the glass and it takes me double or triple the time to understand what they're saying, let alone respond and be funny or witty or encouraging or upbeat or whatever I felt like or wanted to respond with. It just, it took all my energy to even absorb what they were saying to me and respond at a basic level. And it felt emotionally just so isolating and I felt so misunderstood, even from my dearest friends who loved me and knew that I was walking through these symptoms. It still internally felt like I was very removed from them. And so starting to explain the symptoms, to put language around what I was feeling, to help my friends understand, really did help. And, you know, we'll dive into that in future episodes, but that was a turning point for me. And then another big turning point my senior year, I saw my first functional medicine doctor. And I 
had heard that this was the way that I could really heal, that I could really get to the root cause of what I was feeling. And when I say the words functional medicine, I know some people kind of squirm or get nervous or wonder, gosh, are those doctors even real? Are they... All I know about functional medicine is that they just, they do a thousand different tests and charge you thousands of dollars and you don't get any better. And I, to that, I would say that's what I used to think for sure. And my perspective is completely turned upside down now. I truly believe that these doctors are seeking the root cause and looking for the main things that are causing us to feel these symptoms. And so I go to this first functional medicine doctor and this, the practice and the doctor themselves, not so great, or I should say the practitioners I saw, not so great. Um, And again, I'll talk about that in a future episode of finding the right doctor for you and really trusting who you're seeing and different signs and different things to look for with really any doctor. But this nurse, I saw a nurse practitioner here and she really did give me some great resources She gave me some great books to read that I will link in the show notes. She encouraged me to go gluten and dairy-free, which I saw some relief from some symptoms. Um, She recommended decaf coffee to me, and she opened my eyes to the reality of the hormonal imbalances happening inside my body. And I am so grateful for all of that because it really was the starting point of my journey of finding some answers and just understanding how to take care of my body. And so I keep going about my life. I see her and I keep going to this practice for a while. I graduate from college. I start working full time and boom, Again, I'm in a cycle of it's so hard to get through the days. And at this point, I was 22 out of college and I really thought that I was never going to get better, that I would always live half of a life. And it's so sad when I think about that now, it's so sad because it doesn't have to be that way. And That's what I really want to encourage you with. It does not have to be that way. And your life does not begin once you feel better. And so I'm in this hard season. I'm really fatigued. There are new stresses of being a full-time legitimate employee. And it's my first big girl job. And I want to do well. I want to perform well. I want to give it my all. But extreme brain fog just made it hard to think clearly and the fatigue made it hard to get through the day. And I started to get the worst acne of my entire life. And I don't think anybody likes to look in the mirror and see their face covered with acne or pimples or red marks. But to me, it was just such a heartbreaking sign that my body was trying to tell me something and my body was saying something's not right like please pay attention but I didn't know what and I didn't know how and the acne was a visible sign to me that I I don't know how to help myself I feel helpless and so I start working the full-time job a couple months and then in September of 2021 is really when everything started to change and my mentor slash big sister slash one of my favorite humans in the whole wide world, Alyssa, she had been meeting with a functional medicine doctor in Denver and she had done this all remotely. They 
would get on Zoom or their virtual room and they would talk through things and she would get blood work done here in Dallas. And I saw her go from, you know, from someone who could also barely get through the days to somebody filled with life and light and energy. And I knew, okay, I want what she has. (laughs) And she could not say enough good things about this doctor and his whole team, just the whole program. So I start reaching out to this doctor. His name is Dr. Dan Kellums, and he is the director of Peak Vitality in Denver. And trust me, we're going to do a whole episode on finding the right doctor. I will dive way more in depth on my journey with finding doctors and with Dr. Dan. And I also am itching to get him on the show. So we, trust me, he will be a character and a voice that you become familiar with. But I started the process of becoming a patient with Dr. Dan at Peak Vitality. And this was truly life-changing. It was the first time that I ever felt heard, known, seen, understood. Um, To become a patient of theirs, you meet with their case manager first. And she just, she asks you a lot of questions and it's, it's kind of like an interview to see if you're the right patient for them, if they can really help you. And if you're willing to make some changes, if you're willing to, um, to really do anything to heal your body. And as I learned my body, my mind and my soul, And I just, I'll never forget talking to Lisa and just the specific questions that she asked me. I had never felt more known or seen. And it just made me feel like I'm not the only one who goes through this. There is hope. They help patients like, exactly like me. And so this was very freeing. And I did some pretty extensive testing up front. And then when I first met Dr. Dan and we went through those results, the tests revealed that there were parasites in my gut. There was bacteria in my gut that is linked to rheumatoid arthritis. So that, (laughs) some toxins in there that we need to get out. I had leaky gut, which is where the intestinal lining in your gut allows bacteria and toxins directly into the bloodstream, which causes a whole host of issues. And if you have leaky gut, you're also very likely to have leaky brain, which is basically the same thing, but those toxins and bacteria go into your brain. That brain-blood barrier is worn down and the toxins hit your brain. I also had some liver dysfunction, I had hormonal imbalances, and there was just lots of inflammation, mineral deficiencies. I had what is called iron overload, where there's too much iron in my body, which can lead to some really scary things if that's not resolved. My thyroid was just a big question mark at that point because My results showed that I had too much thyroid hormone, but I presented like a hypothyroid patient where it's like I don't have enough thyroid hormones. There were some adrenal imbalances and a cortisol deficiency. And at that point, in that first appointment, one of the first things he asked me was, what did your previous doctor say about your celiac disease? And I said, what? And he said, yeah, like your test result shows that you have celiac. And I said, well, they didn't tell me that. And again, I really did not like that the previous doctor I was with, they prescribed me really high doses of thyroid medication and progesterone pills 
without even seeing my blood work, which is a huge red flag. But I went along with it because I was so desperate and needing help so badly. But that, I mean, huge red flag. And that's something I really want to talk about and empower you with is just finding the right expert and people to help you in your health journey. And so at that point, we knew, okay, celiac is also on the table here, which is the autoimmune disease where gluten wears down your intestinal lining, so much so that you can't absorb nutrients. And so even though I had been eating lots of vegetables, lots of good nutritious stuff, and even taking vitamins, my body wasn't absorbing it because my intestinal lining was so worn down from both the leaky gut, but also celiac. Um, celiac played a big role in why I had leaky gut. So from there, I started going through Dr. Dan's recommended program, which was not easy. There were some really hard detox stages and there was die off from the bacteria and the parasites. And so I felt sick a lot of the time. And I was really, really, really limited in what I could eat for a couple months as we went through that detox stage. And it took a lot of willpower and determination and grit to keep going with that. But I knew, I just knew that he was the right doctor, that he knew what was going on, and that if he didn't know what was going on, he would find out that he would do whatever it took to discover why something wasn't right or why my body wasn't responding to something. And just for perspective too, when I started seeing him, I I went from having really severe periods to not having a period for eight months. And as soon as I met with him and I started taking some of the really strong supplements he gave me, I had a period within one week, which is incredible. And so I just knew there's something going on here that he knows and that he can help me with. And it was such a blessing. And I mean, years of answered prayers. And I just am so, so, so grateful for him and his whole team. They are amazing. And so as I started working with him, my spiritual practices started to shift too. And up until this point, I would cry out to God every once in a while when things got really hard. But I didn't turn to him every day. I, I didn't know how to fully come to him when I felt like I was living outside of my body, if that makes sense. I felt so disconnected from my body that I didn't know how to connect to myself, let alone connect to a God that I can't see right now. And so Alyssa would tell me at this point, Anna Rose, your homework, <laughs> your job is to just sit and listen to worship music or just sit on your couch and cry to God for 20 minutes and that's it. And that truly started to change everything. I mean, everything. When he is involved in something and when he is invited into our lives, everything starts to change. Even if our circumstances or our symptoms don't immediately change or ever change, he, he changes something in us that gives us hope and endurance, and there's nothing like it. You cannot manufacture or get a dose of the Holy Spirit anywhere else other than him. He is the real deal. And so I learned at this time that there's a lot of ways that I can connect with him that don't require me to wake up at four or five in the morning and read my Bible for six hours, right? I think sometimes we believe this lie 
that to really be a good Christian or to really connect with God, we have to sit and read our Bible every morning at 6 a.m. for two hours. And I say that jokingly, I do not want to make light of the power that that has. If that works for you, that's great. But if you're listening, I'm, I am guessing that your body isn't functioning quite how you would like it to. And that presents challenges and barriers in relationships, in our life, and in how we connect with God. And I learned and am so excited to share with you guys ways and ideas of how to connect with God when you don't feel good or when you don't feel like yourself. And truly just inviting him into every appointment I had with Dr. Dan, every supplement I would take, every day that I walked through symptoms, which frankly is every single day, it changed everything. And so closing this story, where I am at now, I have been working with Dr. Dan for coming up on two years now, and we've made a lot of ground. We're still learning. We're still um, looking and tweaking things, looking for some further help and some further relief. But basically, where I am from a diagnosis standpoint, which is to even say that is a blessing because it helps put language around symptoms, which changes everything. So where I am today, I have celiac disease. So I really, 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 really cannot eat gluten. It affects me so deeply. I accidentally had some a few weeks ago at a baby shower. There was a croissant base to an egg bake casserole that I didn't see it until after I ate it and I still don't feel fully like myself again. So gluten off the table for me because of the celiac. I present as a Hashimoto's patient which Hashimoto's is the autoimmune disease where your body attacks your thyroid gland and your thyroid is the quarterback of your hormones. And if that isn't functioning correctly, there's a really good chance that your other hormones and other systems of your body will be out of balance, i.e. your gut and your digestion, your hormones and reproductive system, your brain and your mental health and your mood, your energy. I mean, your thyroid affects so many things, so many systems of the body. And I present like a Hashimoto's patient, but based on my labs, I don't test positive for it. So we think that I have very severe thyroid hormone resistance, where my body is making some thyroid hormones, and thanks to the thyroid medication that I'm taking, but my cells don't receive those hormones. They resist the hormones that my body's making. So my thyroid is still a bit of a mystery and something that we're working through, but by and large, it's gotten a lot better. And I know certain foods and vitamins and habits and lifestyle changes that help me support it better. I'm also working through adrenal fatigue where the adrenal gland that we all have is what creates cortisol and cortisone and basically with adrenal fatigue that your adrenal gland is where your fight, flight, or freeze reaction is triggered, right? Which is a gift. It's amazing that God created us this way where when we are in danger, if we see a bear or if somebody breaks into our house, our fight, flight, or flee freeze is activated and our body gives us a surge of cortisone and a surge of energy to respond and react. But with adrenal fatigue, when our stresses of everyday life 
trigger that fight, flight, or freeze reaction and our our bodies constantly pumping cortisone and cortisol through our bodies that takes a really big toll on our adrenal gland on our bodies our energy i mean it affects our whole body because we weren't meant to live in that state of panic all the time that is meant to be only in times of danger but adrenal fatigue is where you feel the toll of being in that constant activated stage of stress. And so that's something that we're currently working through. And again, there are things that I know help that, like being in a very consistent sleep routine, waking up at the same time every day, taking and drinking electrolytes, vitamin C, fish oil, getting the right nutrients, right? There are things that I can do to help adrenal fatigue. And symptom-wise, I still have fatigue. I still experience brain fog. And I still experience digestive issues kind of in a ranging, ranging severities depending on the season or what's going on. But I have such a different mindset and such a different heart posture now that I have so much freedom. And yes, these symptoms are not as intense as they once were, but it really is how God has renewed me internally that has changed everything. And of course, there's always this tension of the practical things we do to care for and nourish our bodies mixed with the spiritual surrender and hope and obedience that we have. They go hand in hand. And so my physical health continues to bring up trials and things that I accept, but I know that there are things that have helped me, like removing gluten and soy and minimizing sugar from the foods that I eat, only drinking decaf coffee. Let me tell you, that immediately resolved my most intense hormonal symptoms. I no longer cramp so badly I faint or have to go to the hospital. And decaf coffee is really what freed me from those symptoms. So there are things that help us. Boundaries on my screen time, prioritizing seven to nine hours of sleep a night, consistently getting out of bed at seven o'clock every morning is what I've found really helps and really works for me. So I do those things mixed with this understanding that this is a trial that I could navigate forever. This could be something that I live with and I've learned to accept that, that that's okay. And my hope is not in a perfectly restored body on this side of heaven. My hope is in Jesus and that he frees me and that he will provide everything that I need. And I just, I go back to Romans 5 verses three through six that say, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And I just... I go back to this this section in scripture and just remind myself frequently that we were never told our life would be easy when we decided to follow Jesus. And we know that there's going to be suffering. And the challenge and really the invitation as a Christian is to take that suffering, to take a trial, and to rejoice and praise God that this is not our reality forever and that we have a greater hope. And in that greater hope, he has poured out the Holy Spirit on us 
And that's what I cling to. I cling to the fact that I have the living God inside of me at all times. He's with me. He's for me. His strength is what builds me up. And so I believe that he could heal me at literally any moment. That he could heal you at truly the drop of a hat. He's that powerful. And I know that if that doesn't happen, it's going to be okay. Right? I was never promised a perfect body. That That's really the prosperity gospel. That when you follow Jesus, you'll be healthy, wealthy, and... I forget the last little bit of that tagline, but <laughs> um, it's okay. And I'm sure in my story that you could hear the thread of isolation and feeling like no one understood me through most of the points in my health journey. And that is the heart of Wildly Well, to help you live healthy and whole and to live a life deeply connected to God, yourself, and others. Deeply connected. Connection is the antidote of isolation, and we were meant to live connected first to God with ourselves and with our bodies and with other people. And so that's what this is really all about, and I just thank you so much for listening to my story. And again, I pray that there is hopefulness and that there is encouragement inside of it for you. And I can't wait to keep sharing more with you, to keep walking through so many different topics and conversations that I wish that I had 10 years ago so badly. So, we're going to do it. We are going to walk through this life and connect with our bodies, connect with God, and with our loved ones together. And I can't wait to get through it and to get to it together. So thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Wildly Well podcast, and I will see you next time. Bye, guys.